This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. It's time to step up to the plate with Jim, Steve, Fish, and former two-time Gold Glover World Series champion, Benji Molina. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Right, Jordan! Smith courts one into right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. I pop off. The Clover's there. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. The Cardinals won the pennant. Breeze hits it in the air to center. We will see you tomorrow night. Swing and a miss. The Cardinals are world champions for 2006. In the air to left, well hit. Back is Craig. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Hello, Cardinal fans, and welcome to a Tuesday edition of Ruffled Feathers, your two birds on a bat sister podcast. Or maybe it should be a brother podcast since uh, Ron and I are both guys. So I don't know how that works. That I'll have to ask somebody that's in the real entertainment industry uh, what the jargon is there. But the bottom line is we got some ruffled feathers out there. We're going to talk about it today. Coming to you from the Patio Studios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere, pre- and post-game. Uh, that's the place you want to be. I'm assuming a lot of people in St. Louis the last couple of days would much rather be at patios than sitting outside in this uh, – crappy weather i will i will call it crappy weather since i was golfing in short sunday and the next day um there was ice on the ground so yeah i will call it crappy weather and that's just life uh a guy that i like to do this show with i have a feeling is going to make us all feel awful because typically when i'm doing the other one with benji molina he likes to remind us how nice the weather is in arizona this time of year even though it might even be a little warm. But I have a feeling my buddy Ron, not all, is going to tell us what, how great the weather is where he's at as well. What's going on, pal? Uh, it's going great, Jim. Uh, I, I don't have much to rub into your face today other than uh, we, we don't have snow, but it is going to be below normal, and it's been raining all day long, so it's not great. really can't do anything outside here either. Okay, well, great. We'll jump um, right in our nightmare. That's fine. It's great. It, yeah, well, I kind of have. And there was at one point I did a uh, – a team arrivals podcast on Sunday with my good buddy Pete up in Chicago and the temperature here in Charlotte, North Carolina was 33 and it was 36 in Chicago. So it does happen from time to time. Just not all the time. Just not all the time. Just like all not right. 99% of the time. All right. I see where we're going here. So anyway, we hey, right. listen, you, you, the Carolinas are a beautiful place. So I don't want to hear any complaining from you. That's for sure. Nope. Um, well, we are getting some complaints out there. Uh, we're in that stage where you can't make everybody happy ever. You're never going to make everybody happy, and that's why we have ruffled feathers. And uh, we want to thank uh, InnovativeCompanies.com and my good friend Randy Green for making all these shows possible. Residential, commercial, industrial, that's the name you know and trust, InnovativeCompanies.com. They have the construction team, heating and cooling team, and electric team ready to go. Uh, taking care of all of your needs. Once you meet Randy, uh, you won't go anywhere else. I'm telling you, you just... You get a sense when you meet the guy. Everything I'm telling you is true. It's uh, it's 100% accurate. 35 years experience, second-generation craftsman, and 
like I said, when you have a conversation with him about what you need, you're going to find real quick that he is a, a guy that believes if he tells you something, it, it, he should do it. And uh, he takes that really serious, and that's why I think he's the best in the biz. That's Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com. Um, you know, uh, we got things going on. They're not the things that – there's some people happy about this, but, you know, the Cardinals look yeah. – like, you know, we've got a signing, and it's an Adam Wainwright signing. And I think there's a, a, a faction of fans that, you know, don't want to believe that he was actually good last year. Now – they want to argue the father time thing. And it's like, well, father time affects everybody differently and people are more healthy. Listen, is he going to be Justin Verlander? I don't think so. Right. But he was awful good for us last year. And when you're talking about what you would replace him with in a, like a fourth or fifth starter, however you want to look at, however you want to term it. If you want to talk about what you would replace him with in that role, I, I think this is a, I mean, this is a no brainer. What do you think, Ron? Um, I, I like it, and I like it because, um, look, he was he was solid down the stretch for us, Jim. Uh, you know, look what he did in, in the late weeks. Look what he did against, um, you know, some pretty tough competition in the playoffs. I don't know why this is a bad thing. Um, look, we've said it on here tons of times that you really can never have too much pitching. I, I only see upside to this. It's a one-year deal. It's low risk. I mean, who is he blocking at this point? You can't say he's blocking. Um, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Well, we can go either him. way you want to go. We yeah, can go I mean, Ponce or we can go Gomber. But I mean, it, that was kind of my point. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, we're not signing him and not signing Justin Verlander. Is my point. Right. You know, and I don't mean that to be ignorant, but it's the truth. Like I said, if you told me he was blocking our ability to sign one of those guys, I'd say, okay, this is bullshit. They're not signing Garrett Cole. They're not signing Steven Strasburg. Who do you want them to sign? They're not even going to sign Zach Wheeler because Zach Wheeler and his agent are no dummy. Okay, they know. They know what they've got this year. They're sitting out there as the fallback for the teams that don't get Garrett Cole and Strasburg, and when pitching's at a premium, plus let's face it too, pitching's the only thing proven. Starting pitching's the only thing proven to be something that you go after anymore because nothing else seems to work. So he's sitting in the catbird seat. Uh, I just it, it, the bottom line is it was either Wayno or some invite to spring training or whatever. That's what it was, and you can't deny he had a good year last year. Now listen, you can guess all day long as to whether he'll be any good this year or not, and that's fine. I you're completely entitled to do that. We do it all the time. So if you want to, if you want to be unhappy with your educated guess that he won't be good next year, go ahead. But don't say he wasn't good this year because he was. Plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, I'll go back to what I was saying. Like, I don't know. You know, I, I understand, like, uh, the argument better that, um, you know, the people who don't want to see them bring Ozuna back because they want these other guys to get a chance. And it's not the same situation with the starting pitching. I mean, I'm sure these guys can come up and they're very – serviceable, but it's not like uh, bringing Adam blocks a guy like Alex Reyes. We have no idea what we're getting out of him this year, if anything at all. And we don't know if, you know, what kind of condition Martinez is going to show up and in spring training, is he going to get a shot to be back in the rotation or is he going to be back in the bullpen? So I I like it. Um, I wasn't, you know, I was kind of on the fence with Adam when we went into last year. I think, you know, this is probably a good time, right? You know, he struggled with injuries and finding his way over the last couple of years. You know, it seemed like uh, last year there were times he's trying to figure himself out mid-inning, uh, you know, mid-pitch sequence. 
Um, and this year, I really like what I saw from him. I'd like to see him back for one, him and Yachty back for one more year together. I think that would be great. So I see no problem with this. I, I'm happy. Yeah, you know, and I mean what I said. If it was, well, you know, they went this route instead of another route. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, they technically they did. Like, yeah, they they are. They, they, yeah, they're going with Wayno over Garrett Cole and Strasburg. That is what they're doing, and that's what somebody will say. Okay, right. get over it. I mean, this is who they are. Um, but but like, I'm going to say this. To me, let's compare it to, to the only thing you could compare it to. If they would, if they were to re-sign Walk and try to tell me this is our answer, I wouldn't be real happy because he wasn't good. But Wainwright yeah. was good last year. What are you going to do? I mean, what are you going to do? Like, are, do you want to go out and sign guys that weren't good that are supposed to be good? Like, I, I don't, I don't know where that that line in the sand gets drawn. Now, we all want the stars, but it's just not going to happen. I mean, I. This is going to be one of the most interesting off-seasons I've ever remembered because this thing with the free agents and everything, I mean, it's not getting any better. Like, I don't see, like, all of a sudden that direction that's been – that road that has been going down and down and down the last two years, I don't see it getting any better this year. And then when the rumor you hear is is that Garrett Cole's initial asking price is going to be over $300 million, is somebody really right. going to give a pitcher 300 something million dollars? I mean, let's try to I, let's try to remember know. something. When you lose a pitcher to Tommy John, like, and I'm not saying he will, but if you do, you're talking about a minimum of two years. Basically, you you lose. Well, and you look at how many. I mean, he's been pretty solid, right? I mean, he hasn't spent a significant amount of time, if any, that I, I'm aware of. Yeah, I mean, I think he had him. a didn't he have a rib issue or something? And then I don't. Yeah, like, but I mean, he's, he's, yeah, but he's been pretty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's chuck. He's throwing a lot of bullets with that arm. You know, I'm not saying that he's gonna. He's, you know, he's going to start wearing down it, but you think over, what, $300 million? I, I'd, I'd be surprised if it gets that high. I, I mean, we're going to see the whole Mookie Betts thing. I mean, how about that thing coming out? Well, they, they'd like to trade him, but I don't know if anybody will take him. What? I mean, geez, I mean, well, this is crazy, right? It's his walk year. Right? That's the risk because the Red Sox are obviously, the, you know, a player like Betts, you know, last year's MVP in the American League, they're going to want something significant in return for him, and there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to extend him. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a high price, and there's going to be a lot of uncertainty because if, if you believe what you read, he's he's hell-bent on testing free agency next year, regardless of where he plays. So um, he's kind of got them in a tough situation, but that's his right to do that. Well, um, I, I'll say this. I, I still would take a shot at Mookie Betts. It just depends on what it's going to cost you, right? Like, yeah. I mean, get in yeah, line. What it comes down to. You've got a lot, like, you got a lot of outfielders. You know, they're obviously, if they lose Betts, I mean, I, again, the only guy I'm not trading is is Carlson. The Gorman thing for Betts would be tough. I would trade him for, mm-hmm. I would include him in a package for Betts, obviously, if you could find a way to get Betts signed, but that would be tough. But I, I don't know I mean, if the Red Sox, need help in the outfield necessarily, even without well, I don't that. know. Yeah, I mean, in the end, what they're going to, I mean, for a player like that, they're going to take the best players. It's not going to matter. They're going to yeah. take the best package. And right. let's face it, it they like always they're... and they always want pitching, so who's that going to be? You know what I mean? So Right, right. They're going to be asking for, well, I mean, I, 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 to, to me, you said Dylan Carlson's going to untouchable. I would also put Jack Flaherty into that category as well. 
I see. I know stuff like here. I don't. I'm not going to say Jack Flaherty because I think that's a that's. I mean, that should be well. Here, okay. I was going to say that's common sense, but we've lost all like mm. the whole world has lost <laughs> the use of common sense. So you're, we you're, you were right to bring that up. I you know. <laughs> but we do when we get near the winter meetings and the GM meetings, we seem to uh, lose our mind and all the speculation. But I don't know, Jim, if you've looked at this, just the list of <laughs> Boris free agents this off season. It's, Rather absurd. You got Castellanos, Cole, Keichel, Mustakas, Rendon, Ryu, Strasburg. He's going to make some money. But who here? Here's the deal. Here, who's going to like? Which one? Of, like, will any of those guys get what you think they're going to get? I think. The, I think you're kind of right to point, and I say the pitchers are more likely to get it um, than. Some of the position players. Uh, now, Ryu, I'm not sure how many years Ryu's looking for. He's up there in age. I want to say he's 33, 34. Um, so he's not going to get a you know, wildly long-term deal. But some of these other guys like, uh, you know, Rothberg and Cole, I could – yeah, they're, they're more likely to get what, what people think they're going to get than I think some of the position players are. Well, I saw something today that I hadn't really thought about, and that is Texas, who's been known to uh... – Ruffle feathers, right? There, there oh, you yeah. go, a little pun. Texas has been known to ruffle some feathers out there and kind of do some things that I don't expect. I kind of forgot, and boy, shame on me because I should know this, um, it, because, you know, Benji had had to go down there because the statue out in front of the new stadium is him and them in, uh, jumping in his arms there. But um, uh, that's going to be yeah, – they're, they're looking to make a splash here. So that is just the type of thing, trying to open up a ballpark that screams – well, let's go get a great player and give him a bunch of money. And, you know, they had an icon at third base for a while in Adrian Beltre that seemed to work pretty good for him. Um, mm-hmm. They've got talent there. Uh, I can imagine what a Rendon would do in, in that in that lineup. Um, yeah, I could also imagine a Garrett Cole-type pitcher with their staff. I mean, you know, they, they could go out. They, they, you know, they could be this year's Philadelphia or San Diego that makes sure that one of these guys gets their money. Could, could be. And the Yankees seem yeah. to be interested to what degree, who knows, but anytime, see, that's the thing. Anytime the Yankees get involved, the price goes up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think out of those two names you, you mentioned, I, I see, I, I don't know. I feel cold. Well, most likely uh, to end up in a Texas uniform. I think they will go after pitching first, but Anthony Rendon would certainly be a lot of teams plan A at third base with Donaldson probably being plan B slash Mike Moustakis um, or a trade for Chris Bryant. Now that, uh, now that we're talking about it, this, this thing, Jim, obviously, you know, this goes beyond who's available free agency. You can look at teams like the Cubs who now um, it's likely that Wilson Contreras, you know, the one who declared he was the best um, uh, self-declaration Um is, is going to be on the trading block likely uh, this offseason. And, uh, you know, and Bryant could follow. So the Cubs dynasty is being reshaped a little bit too. The whole thing to me is screams ignorance this year. I mean, I'm just <laughs> being honest. I mean, I, like, I, I don't see any way that this thing ends well for a lot of people. Um, because you know the, the the players think they deserve X amount of dollars, the teams don't. Somebody will get jumped because again, a team like Texas may be looking to do something a little uncharacteristic of of maybe how they've been lately. I mean, like I said, there's so many different ways this whole thing could go. 
but in the end, it it I hate to say this, it's not going to go our way. You know, it's just uh, not. Yeah. It just doesn't. I mean, no. that like they didn't even do you the lip service of coming out and telling you that they were going to kick the tires or do their. I didn't even. I haven't once heard we're going to do our due diligence. Have you? Uh, no, I've heard that you know payroll's unlikely to change. Yeah, um, at least that's what, that's what we picked up on. I mean, certainly they're going to look at what improvements they can make, but I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it here coming up. But, um, yeah, I mean, my, my expectations, I mean, if, if, if a Cardinal fan hasn't learned anything, um, you know, learn from the last couple of off seasons. I mean, a couple of things that were needed, like last year acquiring a bat like Paul Goldschmidt for the middle of the order, the, the, the organization was basically left without a choice. You had to have one. It was a glaring need for years, hadn't been addressed properly, tried with Ozuna, didn't quite work out, needed a little bit more. Like last year, they had to. There was just no question about it. Um, this year, it seems like, well, we kind of don't have to. Um, and payroll is not going to change much. And and so my expectations are, are rather low. Now, that's not all bad because I think they it forces them to see what they have in that outfield, which is, I know is another topic we'll get into. Um, so I think that's a needed thing there. Um, but, man, my expectations are, aren't, aren't going to be high at all. Um it's still going to be interesting to see what happens with the rest of the league. And, you know, you've, I think you've already pointed out, there's already there's always one or two owners in the offseason that loses their mind. And um, it's just a matter of which. Well, but I think, you're, I, think you're, I think you're going down the right path with Texas. Well, I, I, do, um, I do think that if, I, like if, if I'm looking at it from, from being, like, really honest about it, right, like I said – I, if I, I love Adam Wainwright. Like I, I couldn't sit here and tell you I'd rather have Adam Wainwright in a Cardinal uniform than Garrett Cole. But if it's not realistic, then it's not realistic. And the truth is, you know, we've always wanted things to be there and we've always wanted to kind of twist our words. But the truth is the proof is usually out there if you're willing to accept it. And like, if you think about last year, I don't know if you remember or not, but the Cardinals were really attached to to Goldschmidt in, in more than just a rumor way. I mean, there are certain guys that if they start talking about something, it's pretty real. Like Derek Gould doesn't just put shit out there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that they're also not earth shattering guys. Right. But, but basically if you don't hear them talking about something being very realistic, now, listen, they do a really good job too of telling you the different, this is, there's a big difference between my opinion and what I'm reporting as being a beat writer for the right. Cardinals. Right. So when yep. guys is yep. when a guy is a beat writer starts talking about all these rumblings and everything like that, that tells you it's legit. But the guys right. and let's be honest, I'll start with my guys like me and you and everybody else that does what we do and writes for all these columns and does all this stuff out here. We don't know shit. We don't. No, we, we don't. All have the same sources. And the, we all and like the, we. The names you're that's right. About. We all get our information from and then try to make. What are, what are we try to use deduction to say what now? So, for example, we are using our brain based on the way things have gone in the past for the Cardinals to assume that they're going to do nothing. And the truth of the matter is that's an educated opinion because not only are we using our brain based on history, okay, the truth of the matter is the Cardinals have come out basically and said they're not going to do anything. It's been a little tougher in the past, and you've had people get worked up because the Cardinals kind of come out and told you, oh, yeah, well, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. And then you start hearing, ru- and then every rumor you see seems real. Well, this year they kind of said, you know what, we're not going to go out there and say and do anything stupid. And, any- and then if something falls in our lap, it'll be like, holy shit. Right. You know, like 
the the Blues kind of did a good job with that, really. The Blues kind of looked like they were in a no-win situation and somehow come out smelling like a rose. And hats off to Doug Armstrong for finding that that fit. Now, you know, the bottom line is you you got that same thing going on right now over at Bush. You got the same whooping boys over at Bush the Blues had. That Patrick Berglund, Sabotka, uh Laterra, you got the same whooping boys going on over here in Fowler and Carpenter. And in the oh, end, yeah. those are the two that are causing you problems. I don't care what you say. Those are the two that are causing. Like, you can dance around it all you want. Those are causing you problems. The, the yep. truth of the matter is, in my opinion, and again, it's my opinion, you could get them both off the roster and not replace them with anybody in your better. That's my opinion. That's my honest opinion. That's my honest yep. opinion. Well, and, you know, it's, and I know how tough it is because, you know, we all, you know, most of us anyway, if everybody's listening, you know, most of us have day jobs. And, you know, when you're in a company, whether you privately own it or it's a, it's a huge company, when you make a significant investment, you know, it's, it's a hard thing for some organizations to cut your loss from. Um, some have quick trigger fingers. Others just don't. They want to, they know that the ability, the Cardinals know that Matt Carpenter has had the ability. You know, his his career as a whole, we know he's got the ability. And how much longer they give him to prove that he can regain some of that form uh, remains to be seen. But it's hard for any of us, and I think it's just in our nature sometimes, to, all right, I'm going to make a call. This isn't working. I'm going to cut my losses, and that's it. I, I agree with you, though, Jim. I, I think it, it's hard to believe that if you just outright released both of, both of them and gave, you know, some others a chance, that you wouldn't be at or better. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I, you know, let, let's just see what, okay, so that's our shot. This is a show for the people. Let, let's see what the people have for us. So let's let's go to some okay. stuff here. Before we do that, let's remind everybody, check us out, twobirdsonabat.com. We're going to ask everybody, we're going to start really asking you guys to subscribe to the show. There's so many people out there that I still get tons of stuff. Hey, when are you going to put the show out? I'm like, it's been out for hours. But I just haven't put it on social media yet. That tells me you haven't yeah. subscribed. And we're going to ask people to please subscribe. It takes 30 seconds. It really does, and it's free. So just go to twobirdsonabat.com, hit subscribe to the podcast. You're done instantly. It helps so much, guys. That's number one. Number two, check out our Two Birds bloggers there as well. Great article recently by Ryan. Did a great job. Thought it was awesome. Um, uh, Want to encourage everybody to stay with us on social media at Birds on a Bat Show on Twitter. Make sure you follow us there. Hit us up on Facebook as we uh, continually try to – Fight that battle there. Their algorithm right now sucks. I don't know why they, they feel the need to do that to, to, to us at times. But we'll get through it. Uh, we'll, we'll be in the doghouse, I guess, for a couple more weeks. Two birds and a bat. Like our page. Click uh, invite your friends. Please like, comment on our page, and share our, our pin post. That's the show. Um, you know, we're just trying to reach more people out there. Find us on uh, Instagram as well, Two Birds on a Bat Show, and of course as part of lineupmediagroup.fm, home of your radio, the newest streaming platform for your mobile device. I want to thank our partners out there that make the show go. Uh, happy to be associated with people like the, the gang down at Adam Smokehouse. Mike and his crew do a tremendous job. They're located on Watson Road. Uh, open till 7 on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Please don't forget to get in there and order. Uh, let's go with the right side of the menu this week because you can't go wrong with that one either. But everything in there is great and tremendous. They do box lunch orders for your office. If you need any catering done, second to none, absolutely phenomenal. And, again, I do suggest, though, get in there, take in the atmosphere, just smell the place when you walk in, and you're instantly going to order more food. I think that's what they do there. That's how it works. 
So make sure you get down there, check them out, tell them your friends at uh, Two Birds on the Bat and Ruffled Feather sent you in. That's our good friend Mike with the best barbecue in St. Louis. That's Adam Smokehouse, St. Louis. Here's your cue. To my friend, Dr. Kristenjacobs.com and all the great things she's done for so many people at Ula La Spa Anti-Aging and Wellness Center. She wants to remind you, every day is Skin Cancer Awareness Day. Take care of your skin. That's our friend, Dr. KristenJacobs.com. To the Gators Baseball Academy, the off-season's up and running. Uh, been over at the Sports Barn in Wentzville and over in Illinois, uh, packed with kids out there trying to improve their game, working on their athleticism this time of year, and that's really what you should be doing. Uh, no reason to be on a pitching mound this time of year for sure, but uh, they take that real serious, and they do a great job. Their four-pillar system is second to none. That's skatersbaseballacademy.com. Make sure you check them out today. Um, okay, here, let's do this. Let's start with – what do you want to start with today before we go to the Patterson Tire text line? Um, well, I put out a couple polls. I mean, you want to do a poll first? You want to do a poll first? Sure, yeah. We, okay. we can run through Let's one. have a conversation about one of the poll questions. Sure. Um, the first one I sent out yesterday – um, actually, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to. I'm going to start with the second one because the the other one will kind of they, they kind of have something to do with each other here. But center field for 2020. The question was: Is this a competition or is it Bader's to lose? So, 62% of the respondents think that it should and is likely to be a competition. Um, 38% feel that. Bader's going to be given first shot, and it's going to be his to lose. Um, but most do have, carry the sentiment that it should be an outright competition, that nobody should have any, anything guaranteed walking into spring training, and you can probably spread that across the entire outfield based on the comments. So what do you think, Jim? Um, and and I, I ask both these questions in a way like, tell me what you, you likely think is going to happen, not necessarily what you want. Because, you know, we all have our – Opinions. You know, some people love Bader for his hustle, and some love him for the hair. Um, but what, what what do we think is going to happen here? Well, so what's your opinion? Let's be okay. So let's be let's treat it like what it is. Okay, we have a we ha, we have a need. We have a guy, a guy that's played for us. Um, it's, I mean, really as a starter, he you know he kind of was basically given the job this year, right? Um, so let's look at his body of work. Offensively, it's just not good enough. The, the The thing about Bader is defensively, it's more than good enough. So as, and, and and as I've said numerous times, like he brings a lot of things to the game. Unlike other guys, that when they struggle in one area, at least you're getting other things out of them. So there's always that to hang your hat on with Harrison Bader. And when he does hit, you know, it's a it, you treat it like a bonus. Now the problem is who's pushing him, okay? And this is where I think this is bigger than a Harrison Bader thing for me. Okay, so for instance, everybody wants... Now, let, let, me, let me preface this next comment by saying that you can't hit 200 in play. Okay? You cannot hit 200 in play. Okay, but our shortstop did for a while. Okay, the guy in right field wasn't great, and he played. I don't care. Like, if you think... Like, again, I'm going to say it again. That's not a bounce-back year. That's a below-average year. Okay? It's a bounce-back year only if you hit 179 the year before. Okay? Not good enough. It's not good enough. So the problem now becomes, for the St. Louis Cardinals, is where does your offense come from? All right? So if you're going to go with a guy in right field that you're going to tell me had a great, had a really good year and hit 239, and your shortstop at times last year was hitting under 200 – 
and your $19 million left-handed clog in the middle of the lineup or wherever the hell he is and at third base, which I actually didn't think he played terrible last year at third, but the bottom line is he wasn't good either. Where the hell's your offense come from? So now you got to go and look at it and say, okay, where am I going to try to take some chances with offense? Because the reality of it is this is how we do things here. Bader, or I'm sorry, Fowler and Carp are going to get a shot. Well, guess who gets screwed typically in those? The guy that doesn't have the big guaranteed contract, and that's not Bader. So while I can understand people believing that they're in love with Bader, and I get that, right, because like I just told you, I believe in my heart that he offers you some things even when the offense isn't there. The problem is it was like the problem with Wong all those years. You wanted Wong in the lineup, but the problem was you already had guys that couldn't hit. Can you add another one? Well, now thank goodness, well, now, thank goodness that he's gotten better. So the problem is, and, and I'll just spit it out, are you really prepared to wait however many years we've waited for Colton Wong to get his offense together? You could do that, what, 10 years ago when he was the, 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 the maybe. The problem is I've been saying this for three or four years. Everybody wanted to blame Matheny. They wanted to blame Mabry. They want to blame. No, the problem's the roster, and it's been the roster. There's no, like Where are the go-to guys that you can play these other guys that help you in other ways and let them come along? The way John Jay and Alan Craig and Daniel Descalzo feel. Go, keep going back. They were surrounded by ballers, as Benji likes to say. Who's our ballers? And I preface it by saying we made it to the final four in the playoffs this year. So bottom line is, no, I don't believe Harrison Bader's guaranteed anything, and I do absolutely believe it'll be a competition in spring training. I do believe that. Yeah, so I don't know what to take um, with the there was a uh, article put out by Viva Alberto's, um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll just paraphrase the whole idea here. Is Harrison Bader broken? Um, is the title of it? It's from Viva Alberto's. He actually responded to it via Twitter. Um, yeah, which I didn't have a problem with either. Listen, you no, put something I, I, out there. He responded to it. Big deal. He don't like it. Do it. He listen. All he the only thing he if he would have left up, throw it in the virtual trash. It was him taking a pot shot at people that get online and put. But the bottom line is, okay, what did he say that was wrong? He doesn't think – he think, all he's telling you is, and I think you should appreciate he's going to go work. I'm going to go get better in the offseason. That's all he said. And then he said, he, you know, throwing it in the virtual trash can. Whatever. You don't know what he meant by that. I, I really didn't have a problem with it. No, I, I don't think his response was um, uh, overly negative. And I don't have a problem – you know what? I don't have a problem with either, either side of this. I think the article, if you read it, is actually breaking it down, and it's very fair. Um, and I don't think it's taking a shot at Harrison Bader. Um, but the one thing that bugs me in the response is there's nothing about me that's broken. And um, I, I hope he believes that. But if you look at the fact that he can't hit anything um, that's off speed and slightly out of the zone, he can't lay off of it, you know, there is something broken with his pitch recognition, uh, perhaps something broken with his approach. So, I'm, I, hey, look. He's a hustler. I, I'm sure he's going to put the work in. There's no doubt about that. But see, that's how I took gonna, it. I didn't take it yeah. as no. I'm I'm good. You're wrong. There's nothing. <laughs> I did. That, I took it as, and again, we're back to what's what here. I took it as a guy going, look, you keep writing because this game's really hard, and I'll keep playing and doing the best I can, and I'm going to go work my ass off this off season because there's nothing wrong with me. I just got to go get better. That's how I took it. But see, well, I don't like. I don't take that. that shit like that. Like, if I put yeah. something out there, like here, who am I? Like Dexter Fowler could like hear my comment and go, "What the? F- 
do you know? And I'll go, well, Dex, you're right. I, 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 you know, dude, you're one of like the one hundredth of a percent to play in the, like, I get it, man. Like you, you can, you can play. I just, I, I just wish you weren't on my team. That's all. Sorry. That's it. Yeah. You know, the bottom line is, you know, what am I going to tell Dexter Fowler or Matt Carpenter? Come on. Well, I hope he does get fired up by things like this, and I hope he does come back and prove. Because I don't like any of us are sitting here going, "Boy, um, wouldn't it be great if he fails?" Because what what good is that going to do for either of us, right? Or for any any of the fans out there if he fails? Um, I, I just I hope that um, I hope it's an open competition, yeah. uh, and I, I really hope that if he does put the work in, then there should be. I don't have a problem at all if he shows up at spring training, shows a little bit more discipline at the plate can show that he can hit off-speed pitches because if he struggled that bad this year hitting them, guess what's coming next year? Same thing, if not more. So if he can get that part of his approach, that part of his game improved, I'm all for starting him. I'm all for him being the opening day center fielder if we see that. You know what's um, – No, no, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Finish, please. No, uh, I, I'm, I'm on the side of this that says it should be an open competition. There should be other guys that get a significant amount of playing time in center field. You know what? May the best player earn the starting spot. Um, well, here's okay. So here I'll finish with this. Number one, he okay. So to the crowd that, and, and I'm I don't care. People can take it however they want. And I'll tell you a little story that I think is great. To the crowd that thinks they're all analytically qualified to tell a professional baseball player what they're doing, more power to you. But the truth of the matter is, when he basically said he didn't care about that or whatever well that fired people up right because you have to care about it right otherwise you're that's the you know now when ken griffey jr said i i didn't care about that nobody gave it a second thought why because he was ken griffey jr right makes sense okay so of course right correct like ken griffey jr said i i never like Ken Griffey Jr. one time, and somebody said they didn't believe it, like, was like, who's pitching? Never heard of him. And the guy like, you never, he goes, no, I never heard of him. And it was a good pitcher. You know what I mean? Well, I would have said, hey, does that guy have his own candy bar? Because I do. Yeah, it was just so, right. so, but, but, but my point is, like, the only guys that you ever talk about this stuff with are the guys that aren't doing very well, right? Okay, so one of the things that I found funny was, and, and this is kind of where I was going, and for anybody out there, you can look him up. His name's Kyle Bodie. He owns Driveline, which is a, one of the biggest names you're going to hear in baseball training in the world. Not just, I mean, they're out of California. Okay, the guy is a the guy's a, a tremendous dude. I, I he just took a job with I think the Reds uh, that still will allow him to own Driveline. But I mean, this is this guy's a game changer. Okay, like he's one of the guys that has been doing things in the game of baseball for years under the radar that have kind of culminated to where this new age of baseball. Well, I know him very well. And, um, every year when I go to the ABCA, I wind up getting to talk to him a little bit. And last year, um, uh, there was a conversation going on about all the analytical and, and how it's become a new thing for the average fan to get involved in the game analytically. And he said something that was very simple. He goes, listen, I've, I've seen a million articles written by fans. And you know what? Anybody can go out to these sites and get all this information and write it down. And what you do is you go and you look and say, well, of course, that's why he struggled. Look, look at this number. Look at this number. And I always say, well, that's fine. Now, so what do you do with this information? What do you do with it? And they don't have a clue what to do with it. 
Like, what does it mean? It's like all this stuff that you buy. I thought it was a great conversation. He goes, every, you know, you want to buy this sensor and you want to buy all this and it's $150 and you buy it for your kid. Well, that's great. It tells you this, this, and this. Now, what do you do with it? You got to, it's one thing to know what they are. It's another thing to what the hell do you do with this stuff? And the truth of the matter is the problem with baseball is it's not as simple as, hey, here's the numbers. Here's the analytics. Now go fix it. The game is going to be the same as it always was. Some guys just can't quote unquote do it. They get, I mean, these guys are some of the best athletes in the world. They get by on athleticism and then they get exposed. And that's why the majority of them are in and out of the game. The greats are the greats for a reason. Now, as I've said a hundred times on the show, the analytics are just as useful, if not more between the months of November and February. And if you think that Harrison Bader doesn't have these numbers and isn't trying to get better, well, then you're mistaken. Just pay attention to what the guy does in the offseason. You know what I mean? Now, he can sit there and say, I'm not of this and this, but I promise you, Jeff Albert and the St. Louis Cardinals have sent him along with, uh, this is where you need to improve this offseason. The difference is that everybody thinks that Jeff Albert is meeting with Harrison Bader this winter. And I'm not saying that's not even possible because maybe they did make an arrangement. But I'd say that Harrison Bader is wherever he's from in some room somewhere with some hitting guru trying to figure this out. And some are better at it than others. Some are crackpot. Some of them are new age thinkers. Some of them are old school. doesn't matter. But I assure you the Cardinals have sent him away with a direction. What he'll do with it, who knows? No different than Carlos Martinez last year doing the wrong damn workout, right? So that's part of the whole thing. So write all the articles you want talking about why they're not good. The reality of it is what are we going to do with it? Well, and that's the toughest thing in everyday life. You know, and, and Jim, in my line of work, we get I have access to all kinds of data you know, leading to people having a problem with this or they're unsatisfied with these solutions that exist today. And you got to figure out, okay, so you, now you have it. Um, how are you going to use it? How are you going to translate that insight or analytics into anything that's actionable, um, even if it's just to try it out? Because a lot of times you don't know if these things will work or not. Um, but, you know, you were talking about the great being the great. That reminded me of a story that the grandson of Stan Musial shared with me um, about his grandpa. Um, he said that... Uh, Is that about Schwartzy, Brian? Yeah. What yeah. a great guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He was with the Cardinal system, you know, I think for a year or two. He actually yeah. played with my uh, yeah. brother-in-law, who, who used to be a pitcher uh, up through Springfield. He's best. Um, he was college roommates with our C- uh, CMO here. So he's, we're, oh, cool. we're, yeah, we've, we've done some stuff with him. Just tremendous guy. Well, maybe you've heard the same story, but when he was talking to his uh, grandfather just about, you know, hitting some of the uh, some of the problems he was having, he was, I think his grandpa made a statement. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said, what, you can't see the seams on the ball? Yeah. And he's like, No. But uh, some guys can, and that goes to your point that everybody's different. Some people have a you know different set of skills than others. I think it was what Albert Pujols who had the ridiculously high fast muscle re- muscle twitch that most humans born don't have, and so everybody responds to things differently. But I think point taken is that you can look at all this stuff, gather all the facts you want. What you do with that is difficult, not just in baseball. It is almost in every walk of life. Yeah, there's. Um there's a lot of stuff out there to help. There really is. And if you're not using it, then there's something like there's something wrong with you. But in the end, if like, if you're great and you're, st- and you're doing what you've always done to be great, nobody's going to say a word to you right now. 
I, what I will say to you is this too. So like, take a look at this too. I always love this too. So like for pitchers, you start talking about guys. Well, you know, well this guy, why would you throw that pitch there? Bah bah bah. He can't do this. So I, I would challenge you to this. You know what made Matt, Greg Maddox great? If you remember, like if if you're like my age, I mean that was dead in the prime of oh, yeah. my young adulthood. Like I remember watching it, and I didn't think much about it then. But I think about it now because when you watch now, especially with guys, and this is the thing where people say, I just don't understand how a guy that throws 100 gets knocked around. But Greg Maddox, who threw 90, 91, like Wainwright, doesn't get knocked around or whatever. Well, you still, I can tell you this, knowing enough to be dangerous about hitting, the, there's nothing still harder for a hitter than, than getting them off balance. That makes it hard as hell for them. Because if you think they don't have to use some education in their approach to guess at pitches, it's not see ball, hit ball like people think it. It's just not. Okay, right. it's just not. That's number one. Number two, I'm telling you, I go back and look. Like, I can't tell you. Like, I can't even ever remember. And just think about this now. Think about like you. Like, I promise you, you'll remember a thousand times in the last five years you've seen Yachty do this. How many times have you seen Yadi or Molina set up and reach back over the plate on a ball that gets crushed? It wasn't oh. it, the guy. He, they didn't mean to throw it there. They missed. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, if it was as simple as here's the analytics, now go do it, they wouldn't do that. But they do it because it's played by human beings, and they can't do it every time. What makes somebody great? I don't ever remember watching Greg Maddox throw a ball and watch his catcher reach back across the plate for it. Now, that's being ridiculous because it obviously happened. But my point is, I don't remember it because it didn't happen very often. But it happens all the time now. All the time. Pay attention to it sometimes. And here's the thing. And this is how, like when the Cardinals were playing Washington, okay, I knew they were in trouble. When Strasburg was on and when when Scherzer was on against the Cardinals – I mean, they they weren't missing over the plate. They their their catcher wasn't reaching back over the plate. When those guys are on like that, man, all the pitchers, not just Scherzer, not just Strasburg, all of them, Adam Wainwright, Annabelle Sanchez, when they're on that night like that and they're hitting their spots, especially the guys that change speeds, they're hard to hit. Guys get hit when they miss their locations because everybody at the big league crushes those pitches now. Let's take this full circle. And that's why I get frustrated, and I've said it on the show before. Guys are missing against the Cardinals and leaving pitches up in the zone, and they're missing them. That's when you don't have confidence. That's when I, as a fan, lose confidence in their offense. So that's kind of why the whole thing for me comes full circle on you're either good enough or you're not. And we'll find out if they are not. Um, Okay, so we did that poll, and I know you got another one, but before we do that, I want to go to the Patterson Tire and Service text line. I want to remind you guys about our good friends, the Patterson family. They're located down in Granite City, Illinois, on Highway 111 at 3718. You can give them a call at 618-797-6711 for a quote. Obviously, they do, uh, they're the name that you, you can associate in our area for sure when it comes to tires and, and brakes, but they are a whole lot more than a tire stores. They do automotive repair as well. Uh, getting ready to take my car down there because the engine lights on and it was uh i think that uh, sometimes 
you know, the Lord's working against me because they had just put something out out there about how, you know, if your service engine lights on, you can just bring it down. They can tell you what's going on. Then you can figure it out. Well, I got to do so. So I shared that today, but, uh, Patterson tire and service, the Patterson family, uh, have helped so many people in their community and the surrounding areas that we ask you guys to give them an opportunity. Again, that's 3718 highway 111 in Granite city, Illinois. Give them a call 618-797-6711 Patterson tire and service, a whole lot more than a tire store. Well, um, this is an interesting one, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, it's a two-parter, and one is for Benji, so we'll save that part till Thursday. But um, I got to ask you this. Uh, I thought this was really good, only because this guy's name came up at the end of the year, and we haven't talked about it since, and I just want to get your thoughts on him. Um, it's from Cardinal Way, uh, at Cardinal Way, and that's W-A-E. Uh, if Carpenter isn't starting for whatever reason, would you rather have Munoz start at third and have Edmund provide days off at other positions, or would you have Edmund just start at third with Munoz rotating guys out? So Munoz is the forgotten guy in this whole deal, and that's why I wanted to ask you about this. I thought it was interesting. Um, it, it, for you, is Munoz ever going to be more for you than, I guess, let's just go through like Daniel Descalzo, Greg Garcia, is that who he is, and that's it? Because the guy can hit, man. Yeah, that's kind of a tough one, and I, I think ultimately I feel like he's going to end up a little bit like a Jed Jerko type, but potentially, where um, you know he might get an opportunity, and it might not even be in St. Louis to secure a regular position. Um, but you just didn't didn't hear from him much this year. You know, I know he spent a good deal of time in Memphis. Um, I think you could, I guess my answer to that is ultimately is I think he could do that with both of them. Uh, they could both split time at third base and spell other guys in other positions. They're both very versatile. Um, when Munoz is going right, you know, he does have one of the better bats out there. He has, he has power. He can make contact. And, um, I, yeah, he is kind of a forgotten guy. He takes good at bats against good pitchers, too. That's what I've all, you know, you can pitch it. But here's the thing. If you don't use him, how's he supposed to do anything? And it just felt like they didn't use him. You know what I mean? That yeah, was no, like right. this is the kind of yeah. guy to me. And I and here I'm just God. I'm just thinking outside the box here. This is the kind of guy to me that this is who Munoz reminds me of. He reminds me of the guys that come up with Tampa. Now I'm not talking about the guys that are top 100 prospects in baseball, but I'm talking about the guys that come up with Tampa. And you're like, where did that guy come from? And he can hit, and he can play, and he's energetic, and he can do – you know what I mean? That's who he reminds me of. I think there's a lot of guys out there like him that if they could find themselves in the lineup every day, I think you'd be shocked at what they could do. I mean, remember when we first got him and we had him in spring training and everybody was like, where did this guy come from? Yeah, what did he uh, – trying to remember that – did he come in the uh, – he, Pis- he was in the Piscotti deal, wasn't he? Was he? Okay. Um, yeah, maybe he was. I think so. I'm double checking right now. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Was Wasn't it him and Schrock or something? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yep. probably right. Yeah, it's Munoz and Schrock were for Piscotti, and you know the thing is, um, I like him as a player. Now, I he's one of these guys. I don't. I don't know if he would like. He seems like he's okay defensively. I know his best position. I believe is third. I think he's a lot like a lot of guys in the league that if he would get to play a position every day, he'd probably be better. Some of these guys that can go play multiple positions and be really good at it doesn't matter. I mean, those are special cats. But the versatility is something we've talked about with the roster. We talked about it both at the plate. We've talked about it on the base paths, and it definitely helps in the field. And 
the one thing I will say from the Cardinals is I think Tommy Edmond, I think that's a foregone conclusion that he's going to rotate some guys. I think everybody and their brother believes that you got to trust Edmond, especially after last year, to go in and play short if you find yourself in a bad situation with DeYoung again. But yeah, and I that, think we're going to see that. And I think we're, so, we're too. Even if it's just a break, not even that. Just to, right. to, so, But I think in some way I think that's going to happen with Edmond, but I just think because of that, by virtue of it, I think what Munoz becomes, I mean, I, you know, You've got him and Jose Martinez on the same bench, probably both good right-handed hitters, uh, you know, that just do different things. It's just it's a weird thing. You know, like I said, I the fact that you have Munoz and the fact that he can obviously swing it is why I kind of thought Martinez wouldn't be back last year. You know, because, I mean, Martinez isn't like a guy that you can put on the bench and then you can just double switch him in later in a game. I mean, he's basically a pinch hitter and out. Right. So that's, that's an interesting thing. That's an interesting thing. I don't and know. And then having the Fowler, the Fowler contract, what's left on it, complicates it even more, I think, to the point well. you made earlier in the show. You know, those two are, you know, Carpenter and Fowler dilemma that we find ourselves in. Uh, you, you, you guys will get underused like a, a Munoz when you get guys in their way. Um, but the organization seems like they're going to give these guys a shot to once again regain any type of form that they had before before they're willing to make the hard choice. Well, I don't know. Like I said, I, I was in I was intrigued by this. Um, I was intrigued by this only because that Munoz is an interesting thing because we talk like seriously, when we talk about the Cardinals, what what do we talk about? We talk about well, like you like your polls today, they were well done. I mean, what what's the deal with Bader? Where are we where are we going? With Tyler O'Neill, Rosarena, Lane Thomas, uh, what do we? What about Dylan Carlson? Is he ready? You know, you think about all these things, and I think, and, and I'll be honest with you, I think I understand the Munoz kind of just being a forgotten guy, and I think the reason Munoz is probably more forgotten than anything is the emergence of Tommy Edmond, and 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 that, I and I fair. think that's probably it because I don't like if you watched Munoz play at all. I mean, dude puts together good at bats, and I think the most frustrating for me, as most frustrating thing for me as a fan, was knowing that here's this guy that's put done nothing but put together good at bats, and he's just sitting on the bench. So, but that was our Patterson Tire and Service text of the day. I wanted to uh, I want to thank one more time our friends at Patterson Tire and Service. They're a whole lot more than a tire store. Give them a call, 618-797-6711, located at 3718 Highway 111, Granite City, Illinois. A whole lot more than a tire store. Uh, why don't you uh, go to your? I know you've got a, a, a social media post you want to discuss. You've got one in the uh, on deck, don't you? Let's uh, let's hear it. Yeah, yeah. So we had another uh, poll question. Also has to do with the outfield. So um, now that uh, it appears, or again, I always preface these things by if you believe what you read, which I, I do, coming from some pretty reliable sources like Jeff Passan, it's likely that Marcelo Zuna will decline. Yeah. Who do you think, not want, will win this job? Uh, the choices on here were Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, Randy O'Reilly. Well, they were T.O. I thought Terrell Owens was coming back, but that's okay. <laughs> no, that's well, fine. you know, we don't have his quarterback here. He realized I that. swear to God, I took me I, – I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit this. <laughs> I, I, I had to think really long and hard about who the hell T.O. was. I swear to you. I kept going – does he know Tommy Edmonds? Like he, that's got to be like he meant to put T.E. <laughs> like I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, who is T.O.? And I went on and on and on, and then finally I'm like, oh shit, Tyler O'Neill. 
So yeah, um, that's a good. That's a great question. I I I mean, who'd you vote for? Well, um, I voted for what's likely to happen. I, I stuck to that. So I think what's likely to happen is that uh, Dylan Carlson. I just don't feel like they're they're they think he's ready yet. Uh, Mo's already been quoted as saying that there are some guys ahead of him. Um, you know, I, I ultimately think Tyler O'Neill is your is your starter uh, in the early part of the season, and if he can hold up, um, he'll get majority of time in left field. Um, I think the next thing that's likely to happen, and not that I want to see this happen, but if Tyler O'Neill just can't get it done or he deals with injury issues like he had over this last year, that you're going to see a lot of Tommy Edmond out in left field perhaps. So um, those are the two things I think might happen. It's not necessarily what I want, um, but I, I see those two guys in Manning left field majority of the time. Well, interestingly enough, um, I'm going to tie in a, a text that I copied, or not a text, a tweet from Smitty, mm-hmm. Sam Smitty 9. We're familiar with yep. Sam Smitty. I know um, which one you're talking about. Yep. And he put out his lineup. And, you know, the thing for me is if I, like, I think I got $100 in my pocket right now, I'd bet the $100 this is the lineup on opening day. I would. Like, he's got Fowler, Wong, Goldschmidt, DeYoung, Carpenter, Molina, Edmund Bader. That's his lineup. I'd almost bet 100 bucks. Now, that being said, I – I, I, I would bet on it only because it feels right. But the truth of the matter is I believe in my heart that Bader's position is up for grabs. I believe that. I do believe that. So I think that that would be where I would get screwed on the back. Yeah, that, yeah, you might. Yeah, that that could happen. But I, I like some of the responses you got to this, too. And he, he went back in and said, didn't say I liked it, um, which is kind of how I framed up the questions well, I put out there. Well, here's my thing. And this is the sad part of the whole deal. As much as I believe that this is, I, I tell you what, it's going to be really close if it's not right, right? Right. Yeah. Does this get you excited? How, like, how, does that excite you? Um, uh, I can't. No, no. To be honest, it, it it doesn't, and I think it's just in our nature as fans. You know, we look. This team last year. You're right. They 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 made it to the NLCS. You know. Um, it's a 162-game season for a reason. Now, the Cubs, did they underperform? I think they did a little. Um, and I think that Milwaukee could have played a little bit better. But did they underperform? The did they? I mean, are they going to be better? If they underperformed, then they should be better this year. Are they going to be better? Uh, there's a whole David Ross equation in there that I'm, well, just, I'm just unsure of. Um, if you talk to if you talk to a Cubs, Cubs fan, I'm not trying to give them credit for knowing anything, but um, they, do, they do believe – and again, they're going off their writers too, just like we do, right? Just their their own reporters, and they do believe that the Cubs, um, their preparation, um, physically, mentally, over the last two years has has deteriorated. Now they did deal with a lot of injuries this year, which you could possibly tie that into preparation, conditioning. Um, that they, new leadership in there could could change a few things. Um, so I, I, well, I tell you, even going into next year, not that I like it at all. But on paper, the Cubs look they look strong again, and they just they played under they finished well under where I thought they would. Um, I'll just say that. So I, I do believe that they did underperform. Okay. Um, and so, I, look, I'm not trying to take any credit away from the Cardinals. 
No, 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 no. I, this had nothing to do with the Cardinals. I just, well, I don't like, I don't see it. Like I, I, yeah. Unless Jason Hayward's playing against the Cardinals, he's terrible. Um, I, I, most I of the other guys yeah. are okay. Uh, Chris Bryant had a good year and couldn't carry him. I mean, well, like, Kyle like, Schwerber bounced back and established some value. For well, himself. he's yeah. another one of these guys that is, you know, he kills you as much as he helps you. Like, the bottom line is this: when those guys get hot, they'll carry you, but then they kill you too. But listen, who they got on the mound that makes you go, man? That's a handful well, coming in. And, yeah, right. I think that's yeah, that's part of the problem, right? There, we've been waiting for years for John Lester to start, you know, breaking down towards the end of that contract. And but anyway, my point I was going to make was, you know, there were stretches of time this season, all throughout the season, especially in the beginning, where this team just wasn't ex- that exciting to watch. Um, and I'm talking about the Cardinals. And so does this excite me if, we, if we're running the, nearly the same lineup out there, minus an Ozuna going into this year? No, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I told you I was excited to see this. I am excited to see what they have in some of these young outfielders. And maybe one surprises us and cracks the opening day lineup and there. And, and we have a, another Tommy Edmund, perhaps even a better one. So that's the part I'm excited the most about, to see what they have in this young outfield talent. That's the only thing for me. Like, and again, that's why I've said, and I maintain this: if we're gonna do this, then let's do it. Let's let's do it. Don't yeah. Don't give me the same shit different day and just subtract what was whether you like it or not. Like, listen, what does this say for us? See, one of our best hitters. So, you know, don't tell me that. So here we go. Anyway, right? Either either deal them or let them play. I would agree. I would agree. So that was, I thought that was a good text that kind of tied in, or text. I thought that was a good tweet that tied in yeah. with, with your poll. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think a lot of people are right there. Like, you know, I've said it. I'll maintain, like, I think I voted for Tyler O'Neill once I figured out who two was, only because I've said since day one, if this is the path you're going to take, haven't we, and I, I hate to, haven't we dicked around enough with Tyler O'Neill? Isn't it time to just say, here you go, throw him in the water and see if he can swim, run him up the flagpole and see how she flies. Isn't it time? Yes, yeah, it, it is. And you could argue maybe maybe it would have been a more opportunity to do that last year. But last year's over, so it's, I think it's now or never with him. Well, we're going to find out. Um, what else you got for us before we go? Um, that was it as far as any poll questions goes. And I think yep. what I was going to – I'm going to save this uh, – I got one for next week, so I'm not going to okay. do it yet either. That's fine. We're up against it anyway. So, um, But, hey, listen, I, these are the types of conversations that are going on you know, around water coolers and uh, sitting at the bar having one. I mean, that's what's going on right here. And, um, you know, the, the bottom line is, and, and I will say, you know, I'm not going to dismiss – the fact that, you know, the Cardinals can look right at me today and go, what do you know? I mean, like last year you didn't think we were any good and we were finishing the final four. And this guy thought Wainwright was, was a, that like, that was so stupid for us to sign Wainwright last year. How'd that work out? And everybody thought, and you know, they go down the list, right? Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing I've said it once, say it again. I love the St. Louis Cardinals just because I wish there were some guys that weren't on this team. It doesn't matter when the season starts, I'm pulling for them and hoping I'm wrong. So, yep. I, like, go out there, do whatever. But I'm at the point now where I'm trying to be realistic. And um, as I've said in the past, things seemed a little more realistic to me. Now, 
it, it, the, the one thing that people want to forget, and even me, because I forget about it, is that, you know, they didn't sit pat last year. They went out and they got a couple guys that were, let's face it, they were big fish last year in that pond. And they didn't just get them for one year. They got one of them for two years, and whether you like him or not, Andrew Miller is still here. And they got one of them and signed him to a five-year deal. Now, how many teams that are in this pool this year going after a couple of these guys, how many of them signed Big Fish last year? Now, you could say, well, it sure looks like Philadelphia may be in the mix here, and San Diego saying they're interested. In, well, let's find out how interested they are. But take a look at their payrolls and see where they're at and see where they're at in market size, and then let's go by, go by there. That doesn't excuse the fact that I've maintained and will always say that the Cardinals could spend $200 million a year like it's nothing, and they could. But how many teams do? Not very many. So feel lucky that we at least spend what we spend. The bottom line is yeah. if you look at some of these other teams that are doing well, we got to figure out a way to have some guys in our lineup. And all we've heard about is these young players, right? We've been hearing about young players for a long time now, right? Sure. Where are they? Where are they that are, and they're making an impact so that that it that it helps our payroll? Yeah, absolutely. It, and that's what you want. That's why you go you go through you develop a system for a couple of reasons, right, Jim? Like to um, one, you're developing them because ultimately you want them to come up and contribute. And right now, the reality is they're not paying very much early on. Um, the second reason you 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 develop a good system is you have pieces that you can deal for, you know, you can deal from areas of strength as far as prospects go to address needs on your big league club. I mean, that's the that's two primary reasons, right, for developing a farm system. So, like, let them play or trade. Well, well, and I guess to take it full circle where I was taking it was, the bottom line is if Paul DeYoung is what he's supposed to be, this changes this equation immensely. Because there's your guy that's playing shortstop that's making not a lot of money, signed to a what one of those entry level like five year five million dollar year things that they do right, or whatever mm -hmm. it is on average. So there he is. There's your guy that should hit behind Goldschmidt right. Changes the complexity of the team immensely. But the problem is when one of the guys that you're counting on can't do a job, how do you fill that hole? Well, if you're not like. And, it, and it, here we go. You've hamstrung your financial ability based on your budget, not mine, to go out and mm -hmm. fix that problem. Other teams can fix that problem, and that's what they do. Typically good teams, when they make a mistake, like, for instance, the Chicago Cubs made a mistake with Jason Hayward. Did it stop them from doing some of the things they wanted to do? No. Absolutely did. Uh, it absolutely stopped them from... Uh pursuing at all Bryce Harper last offseason. Yeah, but I'm not I'm talking about at the beginning. No, they got better. They signed Craig Kimbrell. It didn't work. See, things don't always work out, but they mm -hmm. tried. They signed Morrow when they needed a closer. They signed Kimbrell. Didn't work out, but they didn't just say, not doing it. Oh, yeah. They yeah, traded yeah, for Cole Hamels right. and took all that money on. We need a pitcher. Uh, yeah, listen, they may not have done exactly what you wanted them to do, but they, but that didn't stop them. You know what I mean? They no, signed they, they Rizzo. A, well, and they had a, they had a system that was strong enough that they dealt for Roldis Chapman for a couple months when they needed him, right? Right. So, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, 
you know, the like, so let me ask you a question. Okay, so not directly. Like, they didn't go sign Bryce Harper because Jason Hayward was terrible. But that's not my point. My point was, the St. Louis, so let me ask you this question. The St. Louis Cardinals had Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler, and, and we would have liked for them to do some things. They didn't do them. They didn't address starting pitching. They didn't address the bullpen. Why? Peril's too high. That was what I was talking about. I wasn't talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. So, listen, when you feel you have a chance and you extend payroll because you're trying to win, that tells me that you're all in, too, as a front office group. I applaud. Listen, people can. I'll argue all day long with you. The Cardinals spend money. That's not the issue. It is not the issue. You can't tell me that $175 million in today's game isn't enough money to compete and compete well. It's plenty. It's, it's how you spend it. It's how you spend it, and it's and it's stretching when the opportunity presents itself. See, the problem with the Cardinals is, and this is kind of it, that $175 million includes money that they've had to eat. Well, I'm sorry, but other clubs, when they eat that money, they don't, they, they're they like, well, that's that's just, that was a bad, it's gone. I'm, and that's what I'm saying. You know, we're going to, that's not even mm-hmm. here. we got to get better because we got a chance to win. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, you like your point, though, but they're still, on the hook for I think what four million on Mike Leake this year? I don't even know. I mean, again, whatever. Like, here's the thing, man. That ain't my fault, right? That that's not my fault. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know, we can blame it on you if we want. You know what I'm saying? But like, Mo, yeah. come on, man. Your track record with some of these signings—they're not. It's not too good. No, nah, the free agency market hasn't been very good to him. You can point to. A couple maybe relievers that were signed that worked out, like Pat Neshek had a nice year when he was here, but it's really under the radar type of pickup. But any anybody anybody with any kind of name well, that was that was low hanging fruit. <laughs> oh right, that was dry. That was, he kept the powder dry that year. I forgot about. God, that. we forgot about those. Jesus. Oh man, those are good. Add another C. I got another C though for you. What? I decided, what? To, I decided to expand the C list. What you got? What you got? Co- we're gonna add continuity. Oh, continuity. Yeah, I got continuity. For the front office being extended. I got continuity. Continuity. <laughs> continuity. Hey, Jim, before before we get off here, yeah. I want to uh, all the veterans out there. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 it's a day later, but happy uh, happy Veterans Day to all the are all who are serving or have served. And I want to say happy birthday to my fellow Marines. Marine Corps birthday was on eleven ten. So Ross and for five. Awesome stuff. And yes, that is good. I'm glad you brought that up. I've got. History of military. My family, my dad's a retired uh, drill sergeant, uh, first class. So, um, big, big, big deal for me. And and how much that these people just absolutely sacrifice for our c- country, for us, and everything that that goes with it. So, great point. I love it. I'm glad you guys brought it up. Um, uh, happy to happy to all you know. And again, it's. <laughs> kind of like our like when dr kirsten jacobs says everyday skin cancer awareness day every, we should be appreciative every day but i'm glad they at least have a day where we can all re, you know it reminds us to to remember that it needs to be there and as we do this see this is what i'm talking about as we do this i see somebody posted something in one of the facebook groups cardinals could be a dark horse for garrett cole now who wrote that i mean and again not being a jerk but some kid wrote this right Right. Well, or a 40-year-old kid. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Well, he's saying that Michael Shapiro of Sports Illustrated has wrote it. Oh, okay. If it's anything like the 
Saxon piece that he put out. I think Saxon, uh, you, you you talked about this earlier. You know, our, our local media, our local beat writers, they're pretty good about saying, "Hey, this is this is my speculation because a fan asked me the question." So I, I can, I'm going to think of a, a possible trade scenario here or a signing how they could make room for this guy or trade for this guy. Um, they'll do that from time to time if they're in a a, a chat or you know they're taking uh, fan questions when they put on a piece like uh, Mark Saxon did to the Athletic. Um, I like how they they preface those, but I'll have, to, I'll have to check this out. I'd like to know what 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 they're coming up with here. I don't see any backing of why it makes it. See here, like this is what I'm talking about, and 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 this is fine to some like the so here. What, look at the Cardinals and what they have. Well, they have Jack Flaherty, awesome, right? Michaelis, just okay last year, right? Carlos Martinez, yeah. we have no idea. Adam Wainwright's how old? Right, Dakota Hudson, young. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure what he'll do next year. Um, okay, so you know what? They're a good team. They have a lot. They make a lot of money. There's a possible landing spot for him. I mean, I get it, right? Yeah, they're look. You know, it's it's also like what we do. We're we're, we're looking here, except when you do it for a living and you just get to look at a, a sport all day long, you can look and see. Hmm, the Cardinals might have a need because Michael Walk is not coming back, and they've got a couple young pitchers that have kind of bounced back and forth between the bullpen or back and forth between St. Louis and Memphis. Boy, they could sure use a guy like that, and that's where the stuff will come up at. And I, I get it. Well, we'll see about that because I think uh, the fact that they've kind of lost the the lust, the shine is off Ponce and Gomber just screams Walk as a depth signing coming back to me. I don't know. We'll see. Unless yeah, something, unless there's a market that. for him out there. That I'm unaware of, yeah. we're gonna find out. So yeah, they might get the bargain rate for you. Bargain rate for what? <laughs> anyway, familiarity and continuity. Continuity. That's what the bargain rate for is for continuity. Great right. stuff, Ron. Enjoy doing the show All with right, you. Um, want to thank everybody for joining us, as I do each and every week. I uh, definitely want to uh, thank all of our partners out there. It starts with my good friend Randy Green at InnovativeCompanies.com and all the great work he does, whether it's residential, commercial, industrial. Randy Green with InnovativeCompanies.com is the name you know and trust. I uh, want to thank Patios, as they always take care of our studios for us, pre-game or post-game. Patios, the original party place for St. Louis Cardinal fans everywhere. To our friends at Patterson Tire, uh, Patterson Tire and Service Text Line has really enhanced our show, and we thank you guys so much for, for coming on board and allowing us to, the opportunity to do this. Give them a call, 618-797-6711, located at 3718 Highway 111, Granite City, Illinois. That's Patterson Tire and Service, a whole lot more than a tire store. DrKristenJacobs.com, you heard me just mention, she reminds you every day of Skin Cancer Awareness Day. Check out Ula La Spa and Anti-Aging Wellness Center for any of uh, the things that she takes care of that she may be able to do for you. Of course, GatorsBaseballAcademy.com. It's the off-season time to get better folks, whether it's Missouri or Illinois. The sports barns are ready to take care of you. And, of course, the best barbecue in St. Louis, our friends at Adam Smokehouse, located on Watson Road. Get the left side of the menu. I think I said get the right side this week. You can go back to the left side this week. But tell Mike and the whole gang down at Adam Smokehouse we said hello. That's Adam Smokehouse on Watson Road, St. Louis. Here's your cue. Check us out at twobirdsonabat.com. Find us on Twitter, at Birds on a Bat Show. Facebook, of course, Two Birds on a Bat. Two Birds on a Bat Show on Instagram. And, of course, as part of lineupmediagroup.fm. For all of us here at Two Birds on a Bat and Ruffled Feathers, let's go birds. Go birds.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.